I want to talk a little bit about, about his power this morning. And this subject I want to talk about, it's not a very pleasant one because it's where the church in America, the church in, has come to. We've come to be a powerless church where God's presence is not felt anymore. Necessarily talking about this and we've got some work to do here, but I feel the presence of God. I feel the, I feel the anointing. I feel the, the presence of God moving in this church. He wants to touch our lives. He wants to be our God. He wants to be our Lord. He wants to bless us. I told Jansen, why everybody always talking with their hands? I can't help myself. <laughs> We've got to come to a place where God is worshipped. And that he is our father. And his power is present in his church. My Lord, I don't know about you. I feel that this morning, praise God. Where we can come and adore him. Lift his name up. Let, let's see God do something in our lives. Let's do that. Let's find a place where we can worship and serve God with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul. This powerful being we call God, he loves us. What are we that is even mindful of us? The Bible says that we even should be called the sons of God. It don't yet appear what we're going to be. We know he, he come, we're going to be like him. Amen. Hallelujah. What manner of love have he bestowed upon us? I don't know. I, I can't. I can't de define for you the love of God. There's nothing in, in a dictionary you can pick up to understand how powerful this love is. Come on, somebody. Amen. I love my wife with all, all my heart. But you know what? God can, God can tri tri triple that. Abundantly more loving me. My Lord. Turn with me. Let me get my little stuff set up here. <laughs> I'm starting to preach, damn it. Uh, I might not even read a scripture. <laughs> uh, look. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is a good God. God is a good God. We are in a a powerless age in the church where the church is powerless. What I mean by that, it is, it is preach God right out. Somebody, listen to me. It is preach faith right out. It is preach the anointing right out. Now we, we, we're caught up in programs. Come on, somebody. We're caught up in, listen, God wants his people to come together to serve him with their heart. We're not interested in how, how many programs we can set people up so they can be happy in the church. We've gotten a place where the church is powerless. Where's the miracles? Where's the, where's the glory? Where's the, the anointing? Where's the Holy Ghost? Where people get up and get out this, this, this door and, and, and they're changed. Their bodies are healed. Their minds are clear. Their, body, their joys return back into their life. Where's the power of God? We have to, as Christians, go back to a formula in the book of Acts where God filled these people with the Holy Ghost where his people loved him, and he filled them, and then they were filled with the power and the presence of God. God is, God is real. God is not a, just a story somebody's telling. God is powerful. Like I said a minute ago, God is alive. God is, his, his glory shines from the heavens. We need to experience that. We need to experience that in our life, personal life. If I'm going to go on with the Lord, I have to make sure that God is my God, and he's filling me with his spirit. I can't walk without Jesus. I can't walk without the Holy Ghost. I can't walk without the power of God. Where is the power of God in his church? 
we've sent our preachers to cemeteries, I mean seminaries. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't make a mistake. No time. <laughs> we've got them thinking psychology. We've got them thinking, you know, anything but God's power and God's, God's grace and God's mercy changing lives. The Holy Ghost is not even welcome in a lot of churches. Not even, you can't even talk about the Holy Ghost in church. We don't want to make people nervous. Like Pastor John, that movie last night, he, he was making them nervous. So, so he started running around, and, and the deacon said, we can't have that in here. We're going to have to stop. They tripped him on the floor. He said, you can't run like this in this church. You're making the people nervous. You need to get nervous. You need to get excited. You need to be ready to get a shout back in your heart. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You need to get a song back in your spirit where you can worship God. Hallelujah. And don't, forget about the deacons and the demon boards. Hallelujah. I didn't say that wrong either. Demon boards. <laughs> to worship God. <laughs> worship God. Let the spirit of the Lord come into your life and change you. Listen, I've changed just in the last year, few months. Because God said, you're going to believe me, son. This is not about me this morning. It's not about none of us. It's about the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost that comes and changes our lives. Don't think God don't see your need, Tammy. All y'all, don't think he doesn't see what's going on in your life. Don't you think he doesn't see the hurt? He sees it, but he's going to bring you out of it. Praise God. I'm here to encourage you. My God shall do all things to them that can believe in him. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God is a healer. God never stops healing. I don't care what the preachers and the deacons and all the people say, the denominations say. God is still a healer. God is still a, a filler with the Holy Ghost. God is still somebody that changes lives. Amen. God picks people from the lowest dust of the earth and lifts them up. And lift them up high above the heavens. You're that person this morning. You don't have to feel defeated. You don't have to feel let down. You don't have to be discouraged. Your father loves you. And he's got all that you need. Just got to go to him. You got to believe him. We got to stand on his word. And say, God, your word said it. It's settled in heaven. (laughs) How many are looking for something from the Lord? Want to (laughs) know? How many waiting for God to give you an answer? Trust him. Say, God, you're a man that you shall not lie. The word of God is sure. You said I can have if it's in God's will. I preached it the other day, Brother Black. God's word is God's will. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Go to the word. Praise God. You want to know what it says about your life and your situation? Go to the word. If God said it, listen, it ain't me not saying it. He said it. It's because of him. It's because of what he said. Let me read a scripture before I lose it up here. (laughs) Okay. Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. The Great Commission. God never sent his people out without power. Okay. Listen, the church today is so commercial. You know. It's so, it's so set up to where it's, it's almost like we're, we're building an empire. Blackie, you sang about it. It's already built. <laughs> Me and you can't add a brick, brick to it. <laughs> we have to receive it. Amen? Yeah. It's not how big this church can get or any church can get. How spiritual you, you, big you can get spiritually. It's, it's about Jesus. It's about the power of God. 
It's about the Holy Ghost. I'm going to keep saying I sound like a broken record, man, because you know why? I see defeat for a lot of Christians because they're not believing in the, the Word of God. They're believing in the, the man of God. Listen to me now. I'm going to say it again. They're believing in the man of God. Don't believe me. You believe what God says. I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. I can't heal a flea. The power's not in my hands to heal and deliver. God is the deliverer. If there's any sick among you, it says, call in the elders of the church and a prayer of faith to heal the sick. And if they commit any sin, the Bible said it'll be forgiven them. We can't look to man for the answer. We can't look to a president or world leader for the answer. We can't look for church leaders. Now, that's sad to say because some of them should have the answer. But we have to look to Jesus. I told a brother a while back, I said, you know what? You have to judge your church based on what God's word says. Not what I say. This church has to run based on what God says. Not, it, not what I say. If I, as a pastor, tell you something's not in this Bible, you have the responsibility to come tell me about it. Because if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I've gotten rebuked in the past. And you know what? I'm going to get rebuked in, in the future. Because I don't know it all. But I have got something from God I believe is, is settled. God's word is settled. Amen. I had got that from the Lord. I've been telling my wife, God's word is final. If God says something about your life, it's final. If God says something about, about who you are and what he wants to do in your life, and he wants to give you that, that power, to, you can't live this life without the Holy Ghost, Blackie. You can't live, the, you can't have a victorious life without the Holy Ghost. You're not going to do it. Jesus told the disciples, he said, you wait here in Jerusalem till you be endured from power from on high. He said, you don't do nothing till the Holy Ghost comes in you. Come on, somebody. And you know what? They didn't do nothing till God's presence, the Holy Ghost filled them. And they went out and turned the world upside down. Because they didn't go in their power. You know, it bothers me when I hear preachers come up and they, they, they think they're the wise ones and they got to have wisdom and, and, and they're, they're the knowledgeable ones. This, it ain't about us. It's about God and His Word. We're living in a powerless church age. Listen, it bothers me. I don't know about you, but it's just me, okay? Maybe, maybe I, I have the only one got the problem. <laughs> Well, I can't see a man healed no more. I can't see a, a life change. Listen, these disciples, they went out and they did what Jesus said. The dead were raised. The blinded eyes were open. The deaf had their ears open. I mean, leopards were healed. When's the last time you saw a dead person raised? <laughs> When's the last time you saw somebody healed from blindness? It's been a very, very, very long time. And I'm not saying that because I, you know, I'm not seeing you all, all lost. I have the same problem. And I just started examining. I said, God, what's wrong? So nothing's wrong, son. It's you. Because <laughs> we, as a body, or and I'm just going to talk about this church, but the church in general has pushed the power of God right out of the church. They push faith. Out of, they, they, they put the fear of God right out of the church. Nobody wants to believe anymore. Nobody wants to accept God for what he said in his word no more. 
It's what the preacher says. And if everybody's not really getting prayed on, if everybody's just satisfied with going to church, if everybody likes just to sing the songs, and everybody likes to go home and eat, eat dinner after a Sunday service, that's, that's how far the church has become. There's no desire for the power of God. There's no desire to see God's power move in the church. So if we're not doing what the book of Acts says, and I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about the body, okay? If we're not doing what the book of Acts taught us to do, then are we a church of God? Uh oh. <laughs> I thank God for what's happening here. We are a body that's for the Lord. But we're going to have to learn some things. If we want anything from God, it's a little word and we hear it all sometimes because I think most people misquote it. It's called faith. Faith is absolutely trusting in what God said. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Well, Berlin, how can I believe? Look, and, look, Tammy, I gave you that little book today. That, I'm going to get some more like that. I got one for you too, Delilah. I didn't forget you. You gave it to her? Okay. Uh, all it is, it's, let, me show, let me borrow that a minute. It's scriptures. One little two, other than your Bible, because it's, all it is is it's, it gives you a subject. If you're going through depression, you can read about depression through Scripture. Word after word, Scripture after Scripture. You're going through a financial problem, you go through it. You're going through depression, you go through it. It gives you everything that you need. And you know why I pay for that little books? Maybe $4. In my opinion, that's the most powerful little book other than your Bible, because it's all Scripture. There's no opinion about nothing. It's, it's just to tell you what God wants you to believe Him for. If you don't have victory in your life, go to the Word. If, you don't have, if you're having financial problems this morning, go to the Word. If you're sick in your body, go to the Word. If you're looking for the Holy Ghost, go to the Word. Find out what the Bible says. It's not about us. It's about what God says. Okay. Uh. I said chapter, four, chapter 5, verse 14 of Matthew. Did I say 14? I said chapter 5, verse 14. I got to wait for the old people in there. They take a little while to catch up. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, must be getting old myself. I'm <laughs> you. Or the light of the world. Who's you? The church. The believer. You are the light of the world. When somebody looks at you, they have to see the reflection of Jesus. Come on, somebody. They have to see the light of Jesus. You know, we read the story about the ten virgins. Well, five were wise, five were foolish. Five had oil in their lamps. Five didn't. When the bridegroom called, God, Jesus called the church to, to, to heaven. And that's what it symbolizes. The rapture, the five that didn't have no oil, when the bridegroom, they, they went to the ones that had oil and said, give me some of your oil, give us some of your oil. He said, no, no, not unless it be enough for me and you. But go and buy for yourself. And while they went and buy, bridegroom came. And they were left behind. I told Boog this. I said, you know, son, I've always saw it. And it's just something God revealed to me. When Jesus is going to come back, you know, he's looking for the little specks of light. Few here in Cotahuan, few in Henderson, few in St. Martin View, few in, in, in Calahula, few everywhere. He's going to look for those little lamps shining. <laughs> He's not going to go where there's no light. That light represents a walk with God, a, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A, a Christian that's fallen God with all our, their heart. 
that loves Jesus. That's the light he's talking about. The all represents the Holy Spirit, okay? I don't care who it is. They can have the biggest churches in America. If there's no Holy Ghost there, God is not there. They can have the biggest thousands and thousands of people go to their church. But if the Holy Ghost is not there, that light is not going to shine. And that preacher himself is going to miss God. Uh-oh. He's going to come down. He's going to look for the light. You are the light of the world. When you get out there in the grocery stores or Walmart or Wayne Dixie, wherever you go, you are the light. When you're in the midst of dark people, a dark world, a dark society, you are the light. A body, listen, a light that's set on a, a, a house that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Listen, I'll go, I, I like to go up Terrace Road and deliver stuff sometimes. And you ever went down, and you, uh, before you, be, you go straight in that big old house that's sitting on that hill? I, I see it every time. That house, I, that's the first thing I notice when I get because it's up there on the hill. Come on, somebody. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor, and I'm reading from New King James, nor, did, nor, nor do they light a, a lamp and put it under a basket or a bushel, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, how, how are they going to glorify you if you're not shining? How many, uh, listen to me. <laughs> the only way you're going to shine is if the Holy Spirit has filled your lamp. If your lamp is full, the only way they're going to see you if you got light. Listen, if you go in the midst of a dark world and talk and act and do all it, they're not going to see you light because there's no light there. If you're trying to put it on a bed or on a bushel, nobody's going to notice. It's going to go out. One of the greatest sins in the Old Testament in the, in, in the tabernacle is that lamp should have never went out. That lamp was to burn and burn as long as that tabernacle was, was in existence. That light had to shine. When that light went out, God went out. <laughs> Come on, somebody. When that light wasn't shining no more, when those candlesticks wasn't shining no more, God wasn't present anymore. If God is not present in the church, if there's not a light in the church, God is not in the church. Come on, somebody. Amen. We have to stir our hearts up. God, I want to be more into that light. I want to be more. I want to fill my lamp. I want to get ready for your coming, Jesus. I want to be ready. Prepare my heart. I want to know your presence. I want to know your power. I don't want to be just a dead Christian. I just don't want to be somebody that goes to church. I want to be part of the church. I want to be the part that's going to make the church have life. I want to be a preacher or an intercessor or somebody that can make a difference in your kingdom. You know, me and Janice went and walked the other day in, in the cemetery. There's some dear people that died that's in that cemetery. I'm talking about the Hennis and a lot of our family. And you know, I can remember just about every one of them. But they're dead. <laughs> as much as I love them, and we'd like to see them again. They're, not, they're dead. There's no life in a cemetery. Amen? Amen? Come on, somebody. What if the church gets like that? 
What if the church gets to the point there's no life, there's no, there's no joy, there's no assurance of peace, there's no assurance of grace, salvation through Jesus? What if we, we just, just be church people? Probably 80% of America is in that same spot, blue black. Because they think sitting in a pew makes them right with God. It doesn't. And I thank God for y'all in coming to church. I, I encourage Christians ought to go to church. Those that love God ought to be in church. But if you come in for church, come to church just to think you're getting into heaven because you're sitting here, you, you, you missed it. I know people that have done it. I know people that sat in this church. When this church was full, we were talking about I mean, black, I mean, they had people, and a lot of them not serving God today. Where are they? Some of them gave her testimonies, and they said, oh, I'm going to serve God with my life. And yet they all, some of them did. You know what I'm saying? They're not here no more. And not necessarily the dead dead. I'm talking about the dead dead. Those that have died, but I'm talking about the dead that had died in the Lord. Their lamps went out. Let me read some verses to you then, and you don't have to turn, turn there. Uh, Acts 1.8 says, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to, to the ends of the earth. What makes the church today think they don't need the Holy Ghost? If the disciples and the early church had to have it. When they start saying, well, Jesus don't do miracles no more today. We, we, don't, we don't need the Holy Ghost. Those, we don't need all, we, we got our programs and we got our systems. You know, we got the pastor and the deacons have a, a plan that everybody's happy. You know, we get together and the older group, they go here and the young group go here and the, and the children, they go here and, and everybody's placed like a, some cattle, you know what I'm saying, in different stalls. I told Janice today, I said children ought to be in church with their parents. Not, and I'm not against, you know, youth groups, and don't get me wrong, but when, when church is happening, if a child is old enough to understand, he needs to sit with his parents and learn the word of God. That's what, I, that's what I believe. Because today, the children are doing something with somebody else, and, the, and this, the, the, they got, the nurse is fine because a baby, you can't hold a baby still sometimes. So you gotta, but I'm talking about those that understand. Blackie, I'm going to tell you a story. When my daddy died, I was six years old. And, and Sister Ethel, I was, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I was watching my grandmother, my mama's mama, talk to on the phone. And the Holy Spirit is, and told me, He's going to die, son. Six years old. Don't tell me a child can't understand. I understand death like I understand it now. And a few hours later, he was gone. Six years old. Something, God spoke to me. I remember that so, so clear. It was so, so, and I, I go back to it. I said, how oh, God, I was just a baby. Don't tell me a child, five, six, seven, eight years old, don't understand. They do understand. If God can speak to me at six, he can speak to somebody at seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They ought to be in church with their mom and their daddy. Don't be sending them off somewhere else. Put them in church. You're going to come to church. You want to go out to the youth meetings? That's fine. When, when, when church happens, you be with me. That's just how I feel. If the gospel is good enough for me, it's good enough for my children. If it's changing my life, it's going to change their life. 
We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing's going to happen outside the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16. You can turn there. No, I'm not going to keep it too much longer. I just feel that I don't want to. I just want to talk about the power of God. We're in a powerless church age. Let me tell you something. Overseas, like in Mexico and even in Africa and a lot of places, they're seeing some dead people raised. Y'all all remember Brother Hogan when he came here? Let me tell you, he told me some stuff. Look, only you see in the book of Acts. Last time I talked to him, probably more by, by now, he said over 200 people have been raised from the dead that he knows. Some girls were die, dead for three days. Died of some kind of measles or yellow fever or something. And the only reason they didn't bury them is because there were so many dying of it. They went pray on three days dead, rose from the dead. And that happened in Mexico. Told me his own son had busted his head, his brain was coming out, busted in a crevine, dead for four hours. Healed, raised from the dead. One man, he went to church and he had his fingers wrapped up in no, he had leprosy. He said the man, the man was wrapped up, you know, like a leopard, and he was sitting in church. And Brother Hogan said he prayed for him. Then he just left it at that. He went and come back. There, there was a man, new man sitting in church. He had brand new fingers, brand new nose, brand new skin. The, the pastor, he said, who's that? He said, you know him. He was the leopard. <laughs> that didn't happen 2,000 years ago. That happened in our generation. And you hear, I've heard of a story where, where a man didn't bomb him. It wasn't with Brother Hogan, but the power of God, these people don't have nothing but God. They can't run to, the, to Walmart and, and in the doctor's office every time they get sick. He had died, they had bombed him. And there was a church in Africa, they put him in the basement of the church and got all the leaders together and they were praying on him, come back to life. In our time. You see, over there, they, they can't, they got to believe God. They got to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. They got to depend on the glory of God to come down. It happens all the time in these, these foreign countries. But America, we too, we too, we too fat and too lazy. We can't, we got Walmart, we got, we got, we got uh, Winn-Dixie, we got uh, whatever. And I'm not saying that's all bad stuff. I go to Winn-Dixie. <laughs> well, no Winn-Dixie. Super one. <laughs> but you know, what if that would die off tomorrow? What if the economy would collapse and all that would close? What would you do? Come on. What would you do? What would you do if you didn't have it anymore? Listen, we don't know the power of God. You know, most people today, they're going to hear a good sermon over the pulpit. They're going to go home, put the TV on, watch the football game. And just make it the rest of the day. And they're going to go through the same cycle every week, every week. Go same, same plan every week. People dying around them. No desire to tell them about Jesus. No desire to reach out for them. Just, just, it's just part of life. Churchy, church has become part of life. It's what we do. God help us, man. There are many today. Every 30 seconds. And I'm going to tell you that. I didn't make that up. That's an estimate. Every 30 seconds in the world, somebody goes into eternity. 
Majority of them going to go to hell. <laughs> Majority of them not going not to meet God. I thank God some of them will, but next to the to the percentage of the population, majority of them not going to make it. Many are called, but few are chosen. God opens the door, y'all. All could come in if they want it, but all don't want God. All don't want God to correct them. All don't want them to live. Don't live for God. Well, I'm actually question. I'm going to read this verse first, though. He said unto them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." To every creature, everybody, everywhere. <laughs> he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who believes not will be condemned or damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Who? <laughs> right, right. But he says, these signs shall follow them who believe. Who's the, who, who are you talking about us? Huh? What What signs? In my name shall they cast out demons. You ever been around a demon casting service? I have, right here, one time. I remember they had one lady, man, look, she sounded like she's the devil's sister. I mean, look, it was horrible, man. I, you could hear that thing coming out of her, man. Right here in the front, I remember that. I was pastoring in Henderson. I remember one little guy, I mean, he fell, he was wiggling like a snake. I was... I was going to get ready to cast the devil on his uh, Christian friend said, oh, no, that's the Lord. I said, the Lord. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've seen it. <laughs> and you know what? When you got a preachers that don't know what to do with this. I've, I've, I did not reach it. Some preacher, the lady was, she, was, she needed a demon cast out of one. And the, the, the preachers were sitting there, like they were more scared of her than, than, than anybody. <laughs> What about the power of God? Cast that demon out of her. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I've I, I, been in it already. I saw it happen. I was part of it. I was like, Jesus, you devil. You know how that all goes on? Casting that devil out. And it was, it, was God, it was in a circle. They were just standing back. None of them came forward and said, yeah, you devil. They were just like they were scared. And these are preachers, man. They didn't, they didn't know what was happening. They had never experienced it. <laughs> I've been around some demon casteros. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. I know what it's like. We need to stand up. The devil is going to church. Did you know that? Every Sunday, here he comes. Sometime too, he'll go to church, and you know what? He's whispering in somebody's ear. Oh, I don't believe that preacher. He's telling you to believe God. Let me tell you, he'll lie to your to your face. Oh, it'll never, it'll never change. Your situation never changed. I mean, you, you, you ever heard them kind of voices? You ever heard them say, oh, you, 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 ain't, you, you ain't good enough for God? I mean, oh, man. He's right, though. I ain't good enough for God, but I know who somebody who is. <laughs> if he tells you, you're, you, if he reminds you about your past, just remind him of his future. Come on. My past is forgiven, devil, but I'm going to tell you, you never see forgiveness. You're going to burn eternity in hell. Remind him of his future. Start telling you you're not good enough for all that junk. Well, he's not lying. I'm not. <laughs> but because of the blood of Jesus. Listen, you want to cross him, you cross him and see how far you get. You're right. I'm not good enough. But he is. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm not good enough. 
But he is. I am wrapped with his righteousness. I'm wrapped with his holy robe. I'm wrapped with his love and his grace and his salvation. I ain't the one that gave it to me. He gave it to me. I can't earn it. It's not something I could buy on the market. It's not something I could purchase. It's free. That's why he hates it, Brother Black. See, religion says, oh, you can go to heaven, but you got to go knock at so many doors, and you got to go uh, do a, do a some somewhere. You know, you got you got to give some people food, and all. that's all good stuff. But that's not what I'm talking about. I said, if you're thinking that's going to earn you to heaven, you got another thing coming. I'm going to tell you right out, and I ain't blunt. It's the power of God <laughs> and the grace of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? It is the grace of the Lord. When you receive that and accept that, you're going to heaven. Praise God. Listen to me. I tell that often and I say it a lot. You know, my boy Isaac will come ask me for some of Boogie or Hannah or Lena. That's my children. I'm going to do what I got to do to get it for them. If it's right. But if you ask me, I might tell you no. You know why? Because that's my children. <laughs> and not a person in this room would do the same thing. Because that's your child. Your child is sick. You're going to go, get in that car and you're going to bring it to the hospital. Somebody call a Melania, oh, I'm not feeling good. Okay, I'll pray for you, sister. Or, or you know what I'm saying? It's not like my sister says, Dad, man, I feel something happened. I don't feel right. Can I get in the car? Let's go. Because it's my son or my daughter. I'll give them what they need because they got my grace on their life. Amen. How much more is the father doing that to us? How much does he look at us the same way and even more? Come on, Delilah, you need something from God? God's grace is there. You're his daughter. <laughs> Sister Ethel, all of us, mom, Come on listen, listen, you're his child. You're not just anybody. <laughs> I said, you're his child. You're just not anybody, Tammy. He's got his eyes on top of you. What he's not going to do for that world, he's going to do for you. The world prays religious prayers. You pray a prayer of faith. You know how that operates? Through a child. The children know how to pray in faith. Come on, somebody. The children know how to ask the Father. The children know how to go to the Father. And the Father is waiting there to give whatever they need. As long as it's just and right in the eyes of God, as long as it's in His Word, He's there for you. He don't have to promise you anything that's not out of this book. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, He never promised you a Cadillac. That's not in here. <laughs> He never promised you a two-story house and four garages, whatever. He, that's not, that might, he might give it to you, but he don't have to. But he gives what he promises. I got one more. I want you to close. I'm not going to even read. I'm, Abraham was told by God to leave Ur of the Chaldeans where he was living with his father. Abraham had it set up. Listen, Abraham had everything his father had. His father was rich. Abraham's father, Terah, was rich. And look, he said, you get up and you leave your father's house and go to the land that I'll show you. Remember reading that in the Bible? And he started, he grabbed everything he had, his wife and his, his family, whatever he could carry, he, he went. And there's a scripture that comes in, and it's in the book of Hebrews. If he would have been mindful of what he left, and what does that mean? He'd have never went forward. What it means, if he'd have looked back and said, I had it better over there. Well, I'm going in the desert. 
God wanted to bless him in the desert. You hear what I'm saying? God wanted to bless him outside of his father's house. He said, you leave that place and go into a place that I'll show you and I'll give you. See, Lot's wife left too, but she looked back. What was she looking back at? The things that she loved. The world. She, God said, don't look. Don't tell nobody, tell them not to turn around. She turned around and she turned to a pillow of salt because, you know, our heart was still in the world. Her heart was still in, in, in Sodom. Didn't trust in God's power to deliver her because she didn't want to be delivered. She didn't want God taking everything away from her. So Lot, she told Lot, the, the angels, told, don't look back, don't look back. Abraham had the chance to look back himself. He didn't. Now he's called the father of faith. Abraham loved God. He had to give up his father's house, give up all of him. He was an idolater. People don't realize Abraham was an idolater. He came to the one true God and realized there was only one. And he trusted him. And God blessed him. But if he'd have been mindful and he looked back, if you look back and said, man, I, I'm crazy to believe in all that riches in my father's house. I got everything I need over there. Why, why am I going to the desert? Sometimes you got to go to the desert. Sometimes you got to go without your, your, your family. Sometimes you got to go without your relatives. Because the only way you're going to win them is if you go. Man? Where's the power in the people of God? Where's the power in the church? Are we a powerless church? Or are we going to believe God? Do you want to see something happen here? Do you want to see your, your family saved? Do you, want, you, you, do you want God to move in your life? And your, start believing now. Start now. The Lordship is drilling in my heart. You've got to believe God. Listen, we hear that all. Oh, just believe God. Well, what does that mean just to believe God? It means to believe completely in what God said. Trust completely completely, not what I say, what he says. Find out. That's a good little book I gave some of y'all today because it shows you the, what you need God for. It gives, you, it gives you the situations that you're going through and you can go through the script. You don't have to dig through the whole Bible. You can go right to it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get some more. I want to pass. I told me since Janice talked about that. We're going to get some more and we're going to pass them out. It's a great little study, God. It's already it's laid out for you. No, no, really, really, it's not even a struggle. If you're facing depression, find it in there. And it just gives you the word of God. Give you the word of God. Give you the word of God. I want to be a Christian that has the power of the Lord in my life. Amen. Hey, let's stand up, praise God. I want to ask you. Thank God for his word. Amen. You can't stand up, you need to. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. Just bow your head a minute. I want you to ask you just a simple question. God, do I believe your word? That's it. I mean, seriously, that's all you have to ask. Well, how could you believe in something you don't know? You're responsible to go and get the answer from God. All right? If you're facing a situation this morning and you need an answer from God, go to his word. If he tells you that's what you need, believe it. If it's written in the book, it's written in the Bible. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guy, well, 
I think people mis- misinterpret the Bible. The Bible's not a happy Bible. Come on, somebody. Though it brings joy to the Christian. Oh, I want to serve God because I want it to be fun. It's not a fun Bible either. It's a holy Bible. Come on, somebody. God is holy. Anything he tells you in that, in that, in that, in that, in that word, run with it. Because it's settled. Man, I feel present black. It is settled. Anything he says in that book, it's settled. Yeah. There's no reason. That is, that is, that is more sure than America is a country today. It's a halfway country now because it pushed God out. But it's, it's, it's more certain than you're standing here today. It's more certain than little Lloyd looking at me right, right now. It's more settled than that because God said it. Now I'm going to keep drilling at y'all. That's, that's something you've been putting on my heart the last few months. It's that we have to believe him. My God. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and that it's, it's settled in heaven, Lord God. God, give your people the power of the Holy Ghost, the power to serve you, the power to walk before you, the power to trust you. In Jesus' name, Father, bless everyone here. Revive their hearts. For it is settled in heaven that your word is it's settled, Father. We believe it. Hallelujah. We believe it, Father. We believe it, God. Remember, nothing else matters. We believe it. Hallelujah. We believe it, God. Nothing else matters. The world around you, and listen, it's nothing else matters right now. It's to believe God. Amen. Don't worry about the politics. Listen, God got it under control. Don't worry about what's going on in this, this country or that country or that, that, that party or that party. God's got it in control. God says, uh, listen, he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no man comes to the Father. He is the eternal life. Amen. Listen, I voted for somebody 30-something years ago, and I never lost my vote yet. And he's still standing on his throne. Hallelujah. And he's, he's going to be there forever.